James is going to talk to us about our words, about our tongue. And remember, this is Pastor James writing to his church. So he's, he's coming in hot. He's coming in with some major apostolic authority. And he says this, indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Just notice what he just said. He said, if you can get your words right, you can get your life right. But if your words are out of control, your life will be out of control. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Notice that it's not the winds, it's the rudder. It's not circumstance, it's words. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Hello, Pastor James, all right? People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. If James was writing this in 2023, he would say, you got worship music playing in your car, but when someone cuts you off, you flip them off. (laughs) So blessing and cursing shouldn't come out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grape? Vine produce figs. No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Let's all say amen to Pastor James. Amen. Let's talk, let's talk from this idea today. Change your words, change your life. Change your words, change your life. Talk, talk to somebody around you. I'd prefer that you don't know them. Tell them this. Say, if you can change your words, come on, tell them. If you can change your words. You can change your life. Tell them you can change your life. You can change your life. If you can change your words, you can change your life. Uh, Omar last week uh, did such a great job out of James chapter 2. He talked about faith and works. And in James chapter 2, James is teaching us that there must be corresponding action to our faith. But now in James chapter 3, we are learning that there is also faith and words. I need faith in works and I need faith in words. That there is a walk to Christianity, but there is also a talk to Christianity. And both are important. And both should be unique in our culture. That when people see us, they should see our walk and they should see our talk and they should go, that's different. That our walk and our talk should be salt and light to our generation. That when they see the way we live and they see the way that we speak to God, to each other, to ourselves, and to others, when, we, when, we, when they see our walk and they see our talk, they go, man, there is something unique about you. So faith without works is dead, and faith without words is weak. So I got to work on my works, but I got to work on my words. Because if you tell me you have faith and there's no fruit, I don't, I don't think you have real faith. But if you have faith and you have no words, you're going to have a defeated faith. You're going to have a faith 
that's lit on, you're going to have a life that's lit on fire by your words. So for many of you in the, world, in the room right now, you are dealing with issues and you are dealing with challenges that could be so easily fixed if you would change your words. Here's what James chapter 3 verse 2 says one more time. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. We could also control ourselves in every other way. James says, if you, if you can figure out how to talk, you're going to have maturity. Yeah? If you can figure out your words, you're going to have control. Control over your life. This means that wherever you're out of control, there are words that are out of control. So maybe it's hate, maybe it's lust, maybe... It's greed, maybe it's pride, um, maybe it's unforgiveness. Wherever you have an out-of-control area of your life, your words are out of control in that area of your life. But if I can, if I can change my words, I can change my life. And God, God has new words for you to speak that can bring you into a new life. So James connects our words to our entire Life that I can't separate my life from my words, though we try. So here's here's the first thing I want you to know today. I want to just give you a little theology about what God thinks about words. Words matter to God. Words matter to God. Words matter to God. Look what he says in Psalm 138, verse 2: For you have magnified your word above all your name. You have magnified your word above all your Name. Think about this. God's word is even higher in God's mind than his name is. See, we, we talk about the name. We were just singing about the name of Jesus. We were just singing about the names of God. He has the name above all names. This is what Philippians 2 says. He has the name above all names. But the reason his name is powerful is because his word is trustworthy. Let me say that one more time. His name is powerful because his word is trustworthy. Amen. See, you could think of a name of a person. I could name a celebrity, an athlete, a politician, whatever it might be. I could, I could name them, and you will immediately connect their name to their actions. And now their name has a meaning because of the life they live. The reason that the name of Jesus is so powerful is because he cannot lie and he does not lie. And he can back up everything that he says. His name is powerful because his word is trustworthy. Oh, this is good. So he said, use my name, pray in my name, speak my name. My name has power, but his name has power because his word can be trusted. God cares about words. Hebrews 11, verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Okay, whoa. A little bit of King James there, a little overwhelming. Everything we see was created by what God said. Okay, everything we see was created by what God said. Let me Go a little deeper. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good. Whoa. Principle. Learn the principle. God said and God saw. 
Yo, we all right? Is this the holiday weekend? Are we okay? Do you have too much brunch? God said and God saw. And for a lot of you, you're seeing right now what you said. You've talked yourself into a forest fire. You've talked yourself into situations. Here's, here's the principle. The principle is not that our words have created power. We, we don't have the power to create. We can't speak things out of nothing. We can't. But you will end up listening to the voice you listen to the most and the voice you hear the most. And the voice that you listen to the most and the voice that you hear the most is your voice. Yeah? So you have to work on your words because you're going to believe them. It doesn't matter how trustworthy your spouse is. If you're broken, you can only believe your spouse to the point that you're healed. You can only trust me to the point that you forgave your last pastor. If you hate him, you might love me today, but by next week, woo, I'll do something. I'm going to do something to bug you. So you, you can actually only go as deep in this church as you can forgive your last church. Your marriage can only be as healthy as the people you've forgiven. So my words matter because my words, I'm going to see my words. Everything that's in the visible started in the invisible. So, so your words create the theme of your life. They're, they're like a compass. They're like a north star. They're like, they're like a grid, like a GPS system. Your life is following your words. Um, your words are like the theme music of your life. They're like, they're like the soundtrack of your life. They're like the tone of your life. Like what would be the soundtrack of your life right now? You know, it's funny. My little daughter, she's six years old. She, she already can hear scary music, right? She can hear tones and sounds and keys and go, oh, what is that? Is that scary? What is that? <laughs> well, what kind, of, what kind of tone is your life right now? Well, your tone's being created by your words. Can I go deeper? James chapter 3, verse 3. A large horse goes wherever the bit tells it to go. I don't know the last time you've seen a horse worth city folk, but if you're an adult and you've seen a horse recently, I, I guarantee it's what you thought. You thought, well, those are bigger than I. That's huge. Like, that's a big thing. That's a big animal. I rode a horse. It's been about five years now. I hadn't ridden a horse since I was like eight, and then about five years ago I rode a horse. Her name was Nina. <laughs> I'll never forget her. She terrified me. Nina. She was massive. I just remember walking up to her going, this isn't right. How could this be normal? What is... We have cars. Why do we need this now? <laughs> Nina. But that big giant horse, I don't know how much they weigh, but it was moved by this little bit. And as big as life might feel right now and as out of control as life might feel right now and as, as, as big as your circumstances might feel right now, it's actually not the horse moving the life. It's the bit moving the life. It's, right. it, it's not the wind. Let's go down to four. It's not the wind. It's the small rudder. It's not the strong winds. And many of you have faced strong winds. Strong winds of dysfunctional families. Strong winds of abuse. Strong winds of racism or hate. Strong winds of divorce. Strong winds of 
tragedy. But it's not the strong wind that will determine your future. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it's not painful. I'm not saying the circumstances aren't real. Strong winds of economic instability. But, but it's not the wind that will permanently decide where my life goes. It's the rudder. It's my words. Now, there's a lot of winds coming against my child right now. There's a lot of winds coming against the next generation right now. There's a wild progressive agenda that is trying to rewire the brains of our children. But listen to me, body of Christ, don't live in fear because as I know the winds are strong. Did I just say everything I need to say without saying any more? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be my words that are going to decide my baby's future. Not the words of a designer, not the words of a company, not the words of a progressive culture, not the words of a politician. It's going to be my words. Oh, I feel like preaching a little bit. It's going to be God's word. And my child's going to be just fine. And your child's going to be just fine. Some of you are going... How are we going to raise our kids in this generation? You're right. You're going to raise them. You're going to raise Goldie in Vegas? I'm going to raise her. Vegas isn't going to raise her. I'm going to raise her. You got to get that in your spirit. That it's not the winds. I'm not saying ignore the winds. I'm not saying don't speak out against the winds. I'm not saying that maybe we shouldn't be boycotting some of the winds. and going to Walmart. I'm just saying, oh man, why, what am I talking about? This is not in my other sermons. We're gonna move, next, uh, next one. I'm serious, I don't know. I, okay, all I'm saying is, you, you do you. I'm not saying deny the wind, but I am saying the wind doesn't have the final say. The divorce doesn't have the final say. The sickness doesn't have the final say. The plan of the devil doesn't have the final say. Your tongue is the rudder of your life. Number two, words affect others. Words affect others. I know everything I just said. I bet, I bet 85% of the room is so with me right now. You're like, I'm going to tithe double, Pastor. Thanks for speaking out. But there's like 15% that are like, dog, why you got to go there? So words affect others. But I said it, so now it's out there and I'm not getting it back. Here, here's, what, here's, what, here's what James said. And for you 15%, love me anyway and forgive me. Amen. That's what the Bible says. Okay. Um, he, he said it's like a spark. It's just a little spark. Uh, has, has anyone ever started a forest fire in your life? <laughs> your marriage? Your, <laughs> all the husbands are like, yeah. <laughs> careful because it's little, but it can, but it can start something. So you got to be careful with your words because they're like a spark. Have you ever said something and you're trying to get that word back in your mouth? Ah, but it hit that fresh kindling and just. <laughs> Our words are going to affect others. Um, I want you to get a principle from 1 Samuel 17. By the way, I mean, I'm just so glad to be home. Man, I love you. This is the best church 
in the world. Just had to say it real quick. First Samuel 17. I was in Switzerland last week, clicking my heels together, hoping it'd get. I was, There's no place I come. There's something, but it didn't work. First Samuel 17. Um, this is the, the chapter is the famous story of David and Goliath. The scripture said that Goliath would go out every morning and every night with its usual taunt. He would go out with his usual taunt. Watch this, his usual taunt. So here's my question. Here's my question. Look right here. Look right here. What's your, what are you usually saying? Uh, married people. Not what do you say on the anniversary on Instagram. But what do you usually say? Not, not how you shout your kid out on their birthday, but what do you usually say to them? Because my life is not going to be formed by four or five social media posts a year. My life is going to be formed by what I usually say. What are you saying rarely right now that you need to be saying usually? And what do you say usually that you need to be saying rarely? Yeah. Because what you usually say that's the rudder. What you usually say, that's the bit. And when, and when Goliath said these words every morning and every night, the, the scripture would go on to say it terrified the hearts of Israel. What, what words do you need to change? We can lift up or tear down. We can encourage or discourage. We can heal or hurt. All of us in this room, we all have a word wound. We all have a word of, heal, of wholeness. We all do. We all do. You, when I say we all have a word wound, many of you are thinking about a word wound right now that you've experienced. Just a word wound. Just, it hurt me. I don't know why it hurt me like that. I don't know why it hit me like that. I don't know why it still hurts me when I think about it. We all have a word wound. I got word wounds. I got a word wound that I thought I was over. This week I was in North Carolina with a friend I was doing this uh, kind of mentorship roundtable thing. I was crying. I was crying. I was crying like a 15-year-old at like Pentecostal youth camp in the summer. Just <laughs> couldn't even get tongues out. Just <laughs> bawling, humiliated. Because the Lord revealed to me a word wound that I, I thought I was over and I wasn't over. God's like, we got to fix that. Because the problem is, as long as it's still a wound, it can open. And if it opens, I can bleed on people that don't deserve to be bled on. So I, gotta, I got to let God heal me so it can become a scar. Because it's not till it becomes a scar that I'm finally infection free. And I can finally tell the story. But I got word wounds. I still got word This is five years ago. This, this word wound is from five years ago. And this week... The Holy Spirit's helping me. But hey, we also have words of wholeness, words of life, words that were like, whoa, I needed that word. I needed that hug. I needed that prayer. I need, oh man, I got a word of wholeness. Now listen, and we've also spoken word wounds. And we've also spoken words of wholeness. We have to choose. We have to choose. So, so, Here's where I'm trying to live my life. Y'all ready? I refuse gossip, sarcasm, 
Lying, discouragement, and hate. I refuse it. That's what I'm refusing. Yeah, gossip. What, what a terrible thing to talk about somebody that cannot defend themselves. Hello. What, what is gossip? Gossip is when J.R. and I are talking about Omar, and Omar's not in the room to defend himself, and we now paint a picture of Omar according to how we see him, not who he really is. So we paint him in the darkest colors, and he's not there to defend himself. That's gossip. It's to strip him of the image of God. Well, I would say it to their face. Well, that doesn't mean it's healthy. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say it behind their back, but I would say it to their face. Well, that don't mean that's good. It means you're weird and confrontational. Because and... <laughs> if you don't have authority in their life and if you don't have relationship in their life, you shouldn't be in their face anyway. I, I've had to learn that. Five years, I've had to learn. I am not your pastor for a lot of people. I'm your preacher on Sunday, but I'm not your pastor. And I've just had to learn to go, I can't, I love you. You're amazing. So glad you're here. But I'm probably not going to give you advice. Because you haven't opened that door to me. That's fine. That's like absolutely fine. But this, this whole idea of like, well, I'd say it to their faith, that doesn't mean it's not gossip. I, would, I, I never want to say things behind someone's back that they can't defend. I want to I praise people behind their back. And I want that good report to start spreading. Ooh, we've been talking about you. What'd you say? Oh, yeah, man, we were bragging on you. We were talking about you. We were talking about how great you were. I refuse, God. I refuse sarcasm. Sarcasm is a humorous way for me to tear you down in the name of laughter. Sarcasm is tearing you down with a smile on my face. That is not. Sarcasm is an illegitimate, fake and false version of encouragement and humor. If I have to tear you down to be funny, I'm not funny at all. Thank you, Irisha. <laughs> Preach to me. How about this one, lying? I'm just not going to lie. I remember being a teenager, speaking to teenagers, about 17 years old, this preacher read out of the book of Revelation. You know that book at the end of the Bible that you don't read? <laughs> uh, that, that one. <laughs> And there's this, there's this verse that says, all liars will be thrown into the lake of fire. And then he went like this. He went, and if you lie, you'll fry. <laughs> I don't know if that, I don't know, but I just don't want to risk it. Amen. So I try to tell the truth. Amen. Pre amen. Amen. I ain't trying to lie. Discouragement. Dis. Disassociate. Disconnect. Dis. Separate. To separate a person from their courage. Ain't going to happen. I'm not going to discourage people. I'm not going to strip someone of courage. I'm not going to disconnect someone, separate someone from courage. Hate. I'm not going to hate. I can disagree with you and not hate you. I can disagree with you 100% and 100% love you at the same time. Now, that is not taught in our culture right now. But it's true. And it might not be believed right now in our certain context of culture, but it's true. I can disagree and love you with all my heart. And we should. We should not let a disagreement turn into hate. Can I get a better amen on that one? Because I think, okay, okay. 
So I make sure we're on the right. Okay, prayer. I'm gonna choose prayer. By the way, that's how to stop a gossip sesh hard. You know, we were just, hey, you know what? Why don't we just pray for them and bless them? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's where we, I was going there. I just, I was just talking about their Botox because I was praying, I wanted to pray that God would heal them. So I wanted to talk about encouragement in. This is where we get N, in. I'm gonna put courage into you. I'm going to put strength into you. Truth. I'm going I'm to tell the truth. I'm going to be a truth teller. Love. I'm not going to hate. I'm going to love. I'm going to love people. I'm going to be soft and kind. I'm going to have a soft heart. Positivity. Positivity doesn't mean that I cannot confront. Positivity means I can disagree without disrespect. I can even divide without disrespect. Like, like. We may not be able to roll together, but I love you. And like positivity. Parents, let me just say, you can, you can correct your kids and parent your kids and discipline your kids with a positive tone. You don't have to match their energy. Oh, they made me lose my temper. They can't. They're four. They can't make you. They can't. You're the adult. I know they bit you, and I know they kicked you, and I know they screamed. But they can't. This means you get to have a positive, and sometimes positivity is you go to your room, I'm going to cool off, and then we're going we're gonna to reconnect uh, with discipline. But you can, have a positive, you, can, you, can, you can have a positive tone in your marriage and disagree. All right, so what's a word? We've been talking about words, and I know you all have been asking the question, what's a word? I'm glad you asked. Here's the answer. A word is a sound that represents a symbol. Oh, this is great. A word, Gene, is a picture. See, they say that uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. I disagree. A thousand words is worth a thousand pictures. Because the moment you say it, it creates a picture in the mind of the person. It's powerful. So you look at your wife, husband, and go, oh, you look beautiful. And she gets a picture of what she thinks is beauty. And she goes, oh, you think you like that? <laughs> I did eat a salad this week. I knew I was feeling kind of good, good, good. You look beautiful. A word is a picture. So I say, pink elephant. We all just saw a pink elephant. Whoa, whoa, that's weird. Some of you saw it as a cartoon. Some of you saw it as a real elephant painted pink. She saw it. Sunset. We see a sunset. Some of you saw Sunset Road because you're a Vegas local. <laughs> Some of you saw Sunset Park because you hood. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that's funny. That's a jab at all the Henderson folk. That's just a little. My bad. My bad. Um, oh, that was funny. That was good, right? That was good. Okay. Uh, you, I say it and you get a picture. So now, now you, you, look at your, you look at your kids and go, you can do anything. All things are possible. And they get an image. They get a picture. You're handsome. You're beautiful. You're awesome. I believe in you. Pictures. Pictures. Dreams and visions. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit's poured out in Acts chapter 2. They start getting dreams and visions. They start getting words. They start getting pictures. You're ugly. I... I 
you're stupid, I hate you. It's an image. It's you're stupid is not what the person heard. They got an image of failure. We get to paint on the canvas of our child's soul. Oh, with the words that we share. Man, I feel the anointing. My goosebumps got goosebumps. We get to create the picture of our marriage with the words that we say. Because all a word is, is a symbol. God blessed them and said to them, this is not a trick question. How did God bless them? It's not a trick question. How did God bless them? Said to them. You know what he said? Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. It's all yours. The blessing was the words. And to God, the words were enough. Be fruitful. And Eve was overjoyed because she wanted to be a mama. And Adam was overjoyed because he likes making babies. (laughs) That's how my Bible says it. I don't know. Read it in the Hebrew. Amen. That's how it. um, Subdue. Take over. Multiply. Word pictures that Adam and Eve got to live in. How about, how about this? At, at the end of this service, uh, one of the guys is going to come up and dismiss the service, and they're going to say this from number six. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. That's what, that's what we're going to say because we say it at the end of every service. That's from Numbers chapter six. But, but here's the part we don't read. It starts with, and bless the people saying. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the And now you get pictures of blessing that you can now step into because it was said. And now we've given God permission in the earth. Oh, I love this 1145 service. Where y'all been all my life? Man, this is good. Okay. But then it ends, it ends with, and when you do this, and we never read this part because it's kind of weird. It would be weird to end service this way. But here's what it says at the end. And when you do this, you put the name of the Lord on their forehead. So we're all end time Christians reading the book of Revelation going, oh my God, the mark of the beast. What's the mark of the beast? Is it the vaccine? Is it a chip? Is it a... No, no, no. Don't worry about the mark of the beast. Put the mark of God on you. Get the blessing of God on you. Oh my God. Get the word of God in you. Put the mark of God on you. Speak the word of God over your life. Declare the word of the Lord over your life. I'm blessed. God's hand is on me. His countenance is looking upon me. And I'm not taking any other mark because I already got the mark of God. And anything that mark of the beast could offer me is a counterfeit to what the mark of God can put on my life. You won't be able to buy or sell. I serve Jehovah Jireh. He'll send ravens with bread and meat. He'll send an unclean bird. He'll send a dirty bird. I'm not talking about Red Robin. He'll send a dirty bird. That, did y'all call Red Robin dirty bird when you were a kid? Okay, just me. Okay. Uh, he'll, he'll find ways to bless me because the mark of God's on me. Wow. 
I'm looking at the clock and I'm having a conversation. I'm having words with myself right now. Okay, let me just go a little longer. I hope everyone who's saying keep going is on the breakdown team. Words create. <laughs> You're like, preach all day. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> okay. Um, words create outcomes. Words create outcomes. I, want to, I do want to be sensitive to that team because they're, they're my heroes. I love you guys so much. So I'm not trying to go, I'm not trying to belabor. Words create outcomes. Can a, it was what, this is what Pastor James says, can a, can a fig tree produce olives? Can, can a grapevine produce figs? No. You can't speak fig and expect olives. You can't speak grapes and produce figs. You can't, you can't speak salt water and expect fresh water. So we've read it a million times, Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Solomon says we will eat our words. And what food is to our body, words are to our soul. And you put junk food in your body, it's going to show you can't deny it. And if you speak junk, it's going to show you won't be able to deny it. So I got to end with this story. Last week I was in Zurich. The time change was crazy. So it, basically in the daytime you want to be asleep. At nighttime you want to be awake. So every day I was going on these long, literally hours and hours and hours because I had to stay out of my hotel room or I was going to fall asleep. So I'd literally walk three hours, sit somewhere, eat, walk another three hours. And I was walking seven. One day I got up to nine miles a day. I'm, I'm looking at my Apple Watch burning thousands of calories. I'm crushing it. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, when I get home, I'm going to be down 10 pounds. Easy, easy, easy. Nine miles a day. Psh. Basically an Olympic runner at this point. I'm basically... <laughs> But I noticed something. All my rings were getting real tight. My watch was getting tight. My pants were getting a little tight. <laughs> so now at this point, here's what you healthy people tell me. This is what Dan Ige tells me. Jabin, you can't outwork a bad diet. Dan says things like, abs are made in the kitchen. <laughs> I, I tell him to be quiet, but he could choke hold me so I don't. I'm oh, that's great, Dan. Yeah, praise God. That's good. It's great advice. So, 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 so. <laughs> he doesn't really do that to me. But, but that's, what, that's what healthy people know, right? That you can't outwork a bad diet. That, that abs are made in the kitchen. That great workout. But if, if you don't have a diet that supports the workout, it's not going to help. Because you are what you eat. You're not what you do for 30 minutes a day at the gym. You are what you eat. You're not what you do for an hour on Sunday in the spiritual gym. Now, this is a gym, and I'm your personal soul trainer. And I'm going to give you a lot of stuff, but it's only an hour. What you decide to eat for the next six days will determine what this does. And a lot of you keep, it keep you go, why do, 
why does this hate keep showing up? Why does this lust keep showing up? Why, why does this unforgiveness keep showing up? Why am I still bound in my mind? Why, why can I not get free? Why, why do I look you? Because you are what you eat. And I'm grateful that you're working out and I'm grateful you're in the gym and I'm grateful you're praising God. But it don't matter how loud you shout, pray in tongues, sing these songs, say amen to the preacher or take notes. If you then go live a lifestyle for the next six days that is opposite of what you learned on Sunday... This will not show up in your life. I said, you are what you eat, because here's what I was doing in Switzerland. I was going on these long walks, but basically every other uh, store or shop in Switzerland is a chocolate store. (laughs) Because they love their chocolate. They love their chocolate in Switzerland. So I'd walk for three miles, and then I'd eat chocolate. And I would tell myself, I just burned... 600 calories, I got that. <laughs> and then I'd walk a couple more miles again. Because I am what I eat, not how much I walk. And I, I, I just tested this week with the doctors. My blood type is chocolate. That's my new. <laughs> I am your white chocolate brother from another mother. It's coursing through my veins right now. I could still feel it. Oh, I was walking. But it's my talking that's my diet. And I got to watch my words. Because my words are creating outcomes. And for most of us, it's outcomes we don't like. So I can't decide everything in my life. I can't. I can't choose everything in my life. But I can choose my words. So I'm going to choose wisely because it's not the wind and it's not the horse. It's the rudder and it's the bit. This is so powerful. This will change your life. Let me just tell you something. It'll change your life. This will change your life. The Holy Spirit helped me with this. I don't come from a positive family, neither does Shannon. And our daughter gets to be raised now in a, in a soundtrack called faith and hope and expectancy and prosperity. And we didn't learn it from man. But I got in this book and God taught me how to talk. And God will teach you how to talk. He'll do it. He'll do it for you. So Holy Spirit, we pray, help us to talk. Help us with our words. Help us to speak in a way that honors you and honors everyone around us. Holy Spirit, we yield our tongue to you. We yield our bodies to you. We yield our lives to you. Help us to change our words because I know God, I know if we will change our words we'll change our lives. Pray this prayer with me all over the room please, all over the room. Everybody together say Lord Jesus I give you my life. I surrender everything to you. From the top of my head 
to the soles of my feet. I give my life to you. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. And that is enough. the Lord. So grateful for his word. His words are life. His words are nourishment to our souls. His words are healing to our bodies. Man, there's so much ministry that could happen right now and I know we're out of time, but pray that this, this week, please, would you? Just Something like, God, teach me to talk. Help me to talk. Help me with my words. I'm just, man, I'm telling you, God will, God will so help you. Oof, Jesus' name. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Just felt just led just really quick that for every dad in the house your words mean more than money your words mean more than material things your words will shape your children and you may not feel like you have a lot of money right now, a lot of experience right now. You might, you, you might feel like the winds are blowing against you as a dad. Listen to me. You have a word. You get to create pictures with sounds. And that is more powerful than money, possessions, or anything else. So use it. It's God's gift to you. It's God's weapon for you. Jesus' name. Fantastic, wonderful.